Whose pile is that? I think I know. Just shooting the shit with the bros. Come and join along. Don't forget to load your bong. It's quality piles. We can never be wrong. Hello and welcome back to the cast. We got a special St. Patty's Day cast for everyone tonight. Not that we're going to talk anything St. Patrick's Day, but, uh, you know, we got into it a little bit. Or at least I did anyways. Uh, so, uh, Bev, what do we got? Well, this is like the, I think this is the talk of the province, maybe even the talk of the country right now, uh, all about <laughs> real estate. So everybody, bottom line, I guess, for everybody is real estate prices are getting pumped through the roof. And Ontario, Ontario, BC, of course, being the most populous um, provinces, they're getting hit the hardest. Um, but in our city, and uh, actually a couple of places have put out articles recently uh, saying the average Ontario home price is expected to soar to nearly 900000 by next year. Which, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me too much. I think, um, you know, just before the cast, we did a quick scan of some some of the markets in Ontario. And obviously Toronto's the big one and GTA uh, is pumping up big time. London's a huge demand down in London as people are looking to you know, move to somewhere close to Toronto, but not, uh, not, not in Toronto or not super close. Ottawa, similar, similar situation. That, that one's pumping up. Even Sudbury, you're seeing the prices start to start to move. So I don't know, guys, what do you, what do you think? What's the, uh, maybe starting with Ontario and we can chat a bit more about the rest of Canada, but what do you think of this whole ordeal with, uh, with the prices? Yeah, I think, um, like I was just saying, I don't know. We, we're going to have to hit a point here where people are just not going to pay these prices anymore. Like it's, it seems unbelievable to me. I remember f- five years ago, you know, thinking about purchasing a house and, uh, thinking, Oh, maybe, maybe it'll burst, you know, maybe I'll just hold on a little longer. Now I'm happy. I, I didn't. Right. Um, but it's, it's unbelievable. Like we're talking about, you know, London and beyond people are still paying crazy prices all the way to Windsor. Really? Like even Windsor's market is, is big and Windsor's like fucking four hours from Toronto. Like it's not even, I don't even know how that's, how that's, you know, part of the quote unquote Toronto effect. Like it's <laughs> wild. And a lot of the buyers that are, are coming out to that, you know, Southwestern Ontario area are actually from Toronto. Like I, I have friends in the real estate uh, biz uh, out that way. And they're telling me, that's these guys are just coming in, no conditions, fucking way over asking. Shits all over every you know twenty some some old person here trying to buy their own for their first house, whatever. And that's just it. And like so, they're just pure investments mainly. Um, they're not even like they're they're trying to buy them to rent them out for you know students or anything. Like it's not even like the traditional investment. It's in my opinion, but I, it just seems batshit crazy to me. Um, I I don't know. I'm still just kind of trying to digest this this seems just insane uh maybe uh maybe uh, old rick will have more to say about it well like I, i'm just thinking back to uh 2018 so i worked for this company out of london so i'd have to go down there once a week and talking to uh some of the reps that lived out that way like one of them was telling me how they had like 12 rental properties and, and like we weren't making that much money uh, <laughs> like we were making like decent money but not that much money She's like, oh yeah, like I picked up most of these houses for around a hundred grand a piece. Even then, in 2018, there's this dude who lived out in Brantford. He's like, oh yeah, I got my house in a rental. I'm like, how the hell did you afford to have like both right now? Like he he wasn't even a sales rep. He was just a technician. Like he's like, oh yeah, my my rental was 175 thousand dollars. Like he bought it like the year before in 2017. So this massive increase that we're seeing in southern ontario 
like yeah it's been, it's been happening over the last like five or eight years but i mean like it really exploded over the last three years like you're you're never going to find a house for a hundred grand anymore like that's gone like even in windsor like windsor was like the shithole like that's where you you want to go buy a house for a hundred grand that's where you can go find a house for a hundred grand because no one wants to live there because there's no money there like uh but you can't even find that anymore like everywhere is just exploding and i i don't know what people are going to do because it's not like your wages increased 30 percent last year or it's highly unlikely that uh the company that you worked for during the pandemic which you're seeing like a decrease in our gdp by five percent like it's a very unlikely that people are going to see a 30 percent increase in their salary but you want a house yeah you got to pay 30 percent more than you did the year before like it's there's no connection no connection and i don't see that connection stopping like next year like it doesn't really surprised me that nine hundred thousand dollars is saying that the average home price is going to be because there's so many other factors uh that are contributing to this that i don't think have been addressed by the powers that be yeah like i i think what's going to end up happening and it's i think it's already starting like the thing that always surprises me is people when someone will say is like oh it's you know you got to spend the money if you want to live in like toronto or whatever because that's where everything is and if you want to do stuff you know there's there's no sh- endless endless stuff to do in toronto but if you're going in there and you're maxing your your budget basically and you're 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 wiping out all your disposable income so you're not going to do anything anyway Right. So, I mean, what's the point? Like, it's the trade off isn't there. It doesn't make any sense. So uh, and, and as a result of that, and I think what's going to happen next, probably in the, the start of the 20s, is those people who have money are obviously going to go out and spend. It'll be roaring 20s and all that. I think a lot of people will try and do that, won't be able to do it. And so there's, it's going to drive up uh, uh, demand for credit. So, of course, banks are going to make a fortune on it. But as a result of that, I think people are just going to have, you know, mountains of debt. There's going to be insolvency issues or people are going to be borrowing against the value of their house to, to pay for all this shit. And I, I don't know, I, I, you know, I've been saying it for years, like I still, I think a credit crisis is in the, in the works, especially in Canada where people are already in debt. Like I think the average or what the, it was like 140% to, to income or something like that. I, was, no, I thought it was a hundred, like a uh, dollar 67 for every dollar. Like that's, pretty yeah was that income or net worth do you remember uh i thought it was in uh, actually i don't know that's a very good question i don't know um but uh old google now uh one thing that i don't think is really getting addressed like uh i know the immigration minister was talking about it last week how canada's aggressive plan for growth is going to be through immigration and so over the next three years it's four hundred thousand this year 410 then 420 the year after that uh people immigrating to canada where the fuck are these people going to live like i'm looking around like i remember when i was a kid i sound like an old man now but when i was a kid like looking around and seeing those new developments popping up everywhere i don't see that nearly as much like i see the developments in like the neighborhood i live in that's been being developed for the last year and a half that's half done like it's there's a there's not enough new houses being built and like people especially now with corona I feel like the sentiment that I feel from the anecdotal evidence is no one wants to live in a fucking box in the sky anymore. They want a place. And so single family homes, you're not building as many. Where the hell are these people going to live? We're 400 extra thousand people. Majority of them, I'm sure 
of that 200,000 are going to be in Ontario, 100,000 in Quebec, 100,000 in BC. Like no one's going to live to in Saskatchewan. Like maybe they get placed there for a year and then they're going to just pick up and leave, go to Ontario. Like that's that's what they do. They don't stay where they are. But I just think that that is a huge fundamental thing that the immigration policy is just missing. Like there's not enough affordable housing for these people to live. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Big D, um, what do you think? Yeah, like I agree too. Like I, I don't know. It just seems like a, a bad uh bad mixture of events happening, bring these people in here and then having houses that are uh nine hundred thousand dollars and and then just to like come back around to what Bev said earlier too, like I have friends that are in various different banks and you know, they already have people, even pre corona, who come in and borrow against their house for dumb shit i mean if you're gonna renovate your house sure if you're gonna buy a rental sure you know if you're doing something like valuable with that money uh you know whatever you're gonna consult your debt like something where you're, you're putting yourself ahead in, in some other capacity sure but like there's people coming in and borrowing money to buy cars off like there it's a stupid a cool fucking guy. idea and then you know i've heard stories of oh we're just gonna pull you know 10 grand out of our line of credit on our house to go on this vacation because we deserve it it's like well you might deserve <laughs> it but you don't fucking afford it clearly like that's so fucking stupid like i was talking to my wife about this the other day i'm like i can't believe people do that like you know like your house is just like such a long-term plan and, and you know it's it's a great tool to use in the future when you're retiring and stuff too potentially depending on what you know what your plan looks like but to to do something so short term uh and then it's gone right there's not even anything tangible from that vacation like it just seems absolutely fucking retarded i get the corona's going on and people are sick and they can't go anywhere and they just want they're sick of being home uh like i totally get that but i just think fuck I, people got to try and, and resist the urge to do dumb shit like that because they're going to really bury themselves for you know even further in, uh in the future well one quick thing before uh yeah, you chime in there bev uh whoever changed the term second mortgage to a home secured line of credit like bravo like you deserve every penny you got paid for that because it's a second mortgage like that's that's what it is that's like, a even marketing though, move there that's it, the trump of the mortgage industry exactly like there was all this shame against like oh second mortgage second mortgage you can't have a second mortgage oh no it's a secured home line of credit it's different than a mortgage at the end of the day it's essentially a mortgage that can get called at any time like it's <laughs> bravo bravo to that marketing thing, oh so. yeah <laughs> well, so the thing I find actually PC Paul had some really good insight on this, like from his perspective, it, like he's seen a lot of these people come in similar to what Big D was saying with, uh, you know, some of these uh, some of his buddies in the bank. But um, a, a lot of the guy, people coming in and doing that are boomers, right? Like Gen Xers and boomers, and they just don't have that sense of uh, financial uh uh, management, I guess you could say. So, you know, they don't, they don't really understand, or maybe they understand, they just don't care. But when you have the younger generation, millennials, and, and even the, wherever the new generation is, why or something, then to be a lot more responsible. And it, it's kind of a necessity where it's like, we've been having to budget and save money because, you know, when we're entering the housing market, like it's, you know, you've got to have like, in some cases, like Toronto, you got to have at least a hundred thousand bucks to put down probably more now maybe yeah. even pushing 200,000 in some cases, but so you got to be able to save that. But one of the other interesting things, and for anybody just listening, we got a table up on our screen here and it's just a breakdown of all the provinces and what the Can you blow that up a, a little bit? Be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But what's one thing that was interesting here is like, you know, I mentioned Saskatchewan, not expecting a whole lot of growth, Alberta, and actually BC, interesting, was expecting negative growth for 2021. 
uh, with the big change, uh, or sorry, was that 20? Yeah, for 2020, there's negative change, I guess, which maybe is a COVID impact, but it's going to shoot up to 10% and then back down to like one. So there's this really weird like bell curve almost of demand. But one of the funny ones I wanted to point out was New Brunswick. So huge jump in 2020 of 13.4% uh, next year, or this year, I guess they're expecting 9.6% and the next year, 4.8%. I was just thinking if you guys have seen this as well, where a lot, like I know a bunch of people who have moved out, out East, like several who have moved to New Brunswick, a bunch more who moved to Nova Scotia. Is this a trend you guys are seeing among your circles? Yep. I know at least three different people now. Yeah, not New Brunswick, uh, but um, uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, is what I'm noticing. Like the the turn for that used to be like your taxes. Like yeah, yeah, you're gonna pay an extra like five to ten grand depending on how much money you make in taxes uh, when you are out there. But that five to ten grand, but you can buy a sweet ass house for four hundred thousand dollars, like a really sweet house on the water for four hundred k. Yeah, that's worth it. hundred percent worth it. Like I don't care. Like I would gladly pay that tax in whatever and you just have to make sure you smart wisely invest uh in the meantime like i really like i know people are gonna say like this is gonna be a huge crash and whatever like yeah sure i'm sure there'll be a, a little correction one time but i think what's more realistic is there'll be a stabilization so there'll be a long period of five ten years where you see stabilization so plus minus five percent you're not going to see like the projected growth of 21 percent in ontario this year yeah, it's well, it's right there, right? Twenty twenty two, they're already saying well, what's the difference there, like three point nine percent, like yeah, which is still good growth, but when you compare it to the traditionally, you know, where it's been the last little while, like it's it's super low, right? So I think as and that's also remembering, you know, we're gonna feel the other shoe dropping in the pandemic, all the government funding slowly getting pulled away by twenty twenty two, like you know, the reality of the dust, like the dust is settling, right? I think in twenty twenty two on a lot of things, and and I think that's gonna be the catalyst to start, you know. Um, that, you know, kind of, uh, not, not, not a decrease, but that leveling out, um, of, of the market and yes. of a lot of markets, I think, right. Like, I think we're kind of living in this crazy fucking hype based bullshit fucking fallacy market for a lot of stuff right now. That's not based in reality at fucking all. Um, and some people are making a lot of money and some people are losing a lot of money. So, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And some people are going to jump in on these houses at fuck prices and they're within five years going to be going, Oh shit, shitting a brick as it slowly normalizes. And I don't think they're going to lose, you know, huge, but it would be nerve wracking if you jump up over that million dollar mark to buy a house. And then suddenly within five years, you're, you're, you're missing a digit or something, right? So, well, well, I think what the bigger scare is going to be is when you like, whoever's has variable rate mortgages are stupid uh but i mean like whoever locked in their mortgage for like three to five years three to five years from now it's going to be higher interest rates like it has to be like we've already seen the interest rate increase now and then in six months from now you can almost bet your ass it's going to increase again and so when people are buying and they're already at their max ratios right now you better hope to god that they got some raises over the last five years because they're not going to be able to afford the house that they're living in because they're going to have to re refinance and it's going to be at like 3% instead of 1.3% and they can't afford that payment. So they're rather going to have to refinance and get like, I don't know if 35 year mortgages are still a thing, but they might be now and spread it out even longer and refinance completely just to get to the same payments that they were before. But I don't know, like if you're buying a house right now, don't max out everything you can get unless you're really confident in yourself that you're going to be making 
an extra 50k a year by the time it comes for renewals no yeah i think uh, and, and going back to big d's comment on um uh, I, I call it like the stickiness of housing prices like you're not going to see like i don't think you'll see like a 20 percent correction no. like no. like no no like you'll see it level out and think you know stabilize like you said it was, it was bang on and it's only going to be some classes of property right because you have like detached house uh attached house townhouse all these different types of classes right i think like the less favorable ones like the townhouses uh for instance which like in guelph um we were just talking about a friend of ours who owns a rental townhouse uh it's probably gone up well over a hundred percent since he bought it uh, years and years ago but it doesn't make any sense for such a tiny it's you know they're really small houses you know like less maybe what 1100 square feet type thing yeah. So that's where I think you're going to see, you might see more dramatic corrections in, in that type of, of house. But, you know, if you talk about like a detached house in like London or something, for instance, I don't think you'll see that much, as much movement because the demand will still be there. I think the, uh, yeah, the, the detached, attached thing, that conversation has gotten really um, kind of muddy over the last few years people are just trying to buy anything they can afford so they're buying these attached houses at crazy prices and i think you're making a bad move like i think that at, you know get, getting something detached at all costs that is is in in most markets in ontario uh, i think still the better move even if it's a little smaller or whatever you know obviously i'm talking <laughs> from personal experience but yeah. i just feel like i feel like that's what people are looking for right that's what families are looking for when you're looking when you're thinking about who who's my market i'm going to sell this to in the future people are looking for detached sing, you know single family homes uh no condo fees you know, no, no bullshit with neighbors and, and all that stuff. Right. So in an HOA um, rules and all that stuff too, right? Like if you've ever lived in one of those houses, you know, I remember my dad, he still lives there, but I remember growing up, he had one and it was, yeah, you couldn't do anything. You couldn't paint shit. You couldn't choose anything because it all has to go through the homeowners association too. So there's, there's little annoying things like that too, that, that really deter people too, especially if there's someone who likes to make, you know, make it their own and they can't, they have to just look cookie cutter too. So there's, there's all those things to consider. I, I still think personally, my own opinion, you know, obviously it's biased based on the decisions I've made that a detached single family home is still going to be your better way to go long-term, right? hundred percent. Uh, I had something to say there, but, uh, for our viewers, you can see exactly what Bev just highlighted. Uh, Housing uh, now makes up nearly 10% of Canada's GDP, which is approximately 50% higher than historical average and twice of that of the United States. 10% of our GDP hmm. is just our housing speculation? Like, that's not fucking good. Like that. And this is this <laughs> is the kicker here. Yeah. This so that the second I just highlighted here, and this is what the real problem is, is that uh, it's basically saying that Canadians are taking on more and more debt, mm -hmm. putting themselves in the line of fire. So basically, that all that GDP growth, that yep. their growth, quote unquote, it's just debt basically. And where's that debt come from? It comes from the central bank printing more money for COVID <laughs> stimulus. So, so it's fake. It's not real. Uh, growth and then so then when it translates into a, like an asset price like for instance if you sell your house you know say you you you, you bought your house for 100k you sold it for 300k you know you now you've got 200,000 in, in in cash right but then if you go and you buy you know you take all that money you buy a seven or eight hundred thousand dollar house it's like well are you really ahead like in theory yes but also the price of that house that you just bought just went up as much, maybe even more than your house did. So you've now created this bigger, basically a bigger debt bubble 
more debt that you have to service and it's just kind of contributing to this problem. So it's like the snowball effect type of thing, right? Yeah. The only way you can really succeed in this is if you take that money and you go and buy a $200,000 house cash, no mortgage, then then you've won. Like you've you've won the fight. But if you go and buy something more expensive, you might have just dug yourself into a big hole if there is you know, going back to the interest rate conversation, if there is a correction in those rates and they start to pump up. Yeah, well, they're going to have to pump them up to combat inflation. Like, it's inevitable. Like, if you print that much money, you have to raise interest rates to combat inflation. Like, I don't I don't see any other way unless whoever's in charge at the Bank of Canada has some crazy plan that we don't know about, which I'm sure they're trying to pump up. But I don't know. It's gonna be, it's, go, it's gonna be really fun uh, to go back and listen to this uh, cast one year from now, hmm. like just just to see exactly where interest rates actually went and see if we did hit that nine hundred k average house price in Ontario, and where the hell people are moving because, like, oh, what's the Tesla one or the Musk one? Uh, Starlink, right? Is that the one? His internet? Starlink's in beta testing here in Canada, so that means. If you work for a company that you can work remote for, who gives a shit about living in Southern Ontario, go live in Northern Ontario. I can still get the same internet speed. So who gives a shit? Let's go build some houses well, you up know there. Um, just to share this for anyone who's looking, uh, I've been, so I've been looking at rural property all over Ontario. I cannot believe the number of properties, like I'd say one in three, and I look at a, a lot, uh, one in three, have either a fiber optic or cable internet access. Like you can get Whoa. gigabit speeds way out in the boons. Like I was just looking at a place today, you know, it was uh, 40 minutes or so outside of Ottawa and it's got, you can get gigabit internet That's and it's pretty... 50 acres, you know, it's a farm, right? Yeah. And so, and it's not uncommon. I've been looking all over the place. Like how the, about, the how... speed at which they're deploying these networks is incredible. How about up near like Sudbury and things like that? Cause I know oh, yeah. that was oh, historically yeah. cheap. Like you could get a mansion for seven hundred k, but I'm sure it's, the price has gone up a couple hundred grand. You can get me. like um um uh what do they call like um a McMansion type thing for about seven hundred. Wow. Um, they have some pretty good deals up there still. Uh, and same thing where it's it's they have the uh, high speed networks deployed everywhere. So like you know I've, I've there's actually recently I've looked at three places up there all you know wired for cable and fiber you know 50 acres you know decent pretty well one like two of them super nice houses one of them a decent house but so there's there's a lot of stuff out there it just depends on your job right if you uh if you're able to work in a place like that or do you need to be close to an airport or anything like that huh, yeah uh, i was just thinking of uh yeah you saying that uh, i had to send uh some technicians uh up to this mine north of uh sudbury and we ended up having to just pay them to drive up there instead. And like the guys at the mine laughed like, Oh, you thought you could fly up here. Yeah, no, no, this is winter time up here. Like flights get like 50% of the flights get canceled. Like I'm sure it's not 50%, but he's like all the time. He's like, we have it in our corporate policy now that we don't book flights from whatever November. I think it was the yeah, November to April or something like that. Cause the weather changes so much and they just cancel flights. Like it's too snowy. It's too icy. It's too cold. It's not enough people, whatever. So they're just like, yeah, we'd rather just pay someone mileage and give them a rental car uh, just to go drive down for the day. And so that's, that's what you do now. Um, just talking with people, you know, I was saying one of my buddies was up in Thunder Bay, owned a house there for a while. 
um, really because like, he had no choice for work sort of thing. But, you know, it came out pretty much even on that, you know, and then, you know, that's not really a great place to live. And we, you know, we all have a mutual friend who's, you know, a Timmins guy originally. And he talks about his buddies having these awesome houses that are cheap as shit there. But it's like, you know, it depends on what you want to do, right? If you're, if you're going to buy that house and it's your, your you know, your lifetime house that you're going to live in forever and you're going to die an old man in that house, then go for it. But if you're at all thinking about, you know, Hey, I'm going to be able to make a little bit of money and eventually upgrade to my, you know, my, my real, uh, permanent yeah. house. Then, then you're fucked in those, those areas too. Right. So even if you're up there and you like the lifestyle or whatever, like just realize that you might live there for 10, 15, even 20 years in some cases and actually either lose money or come out basically dead even. And, and that to me, that's wild. I mean, maybe that's just living in where we live and being used to, you know, seeing the, what happens here with house prices. But to me, it's crazy to, to not come out really ahead at all. Well, you got to come out like ahead enough. Like the rule of thumb is you're going to spend 4% of your house value a year in property maintenance over a 10 year period. So that's placing windows, roof, furnace, all that crap and doing like uh, cosmetic upgrades, not to mention the probably two to 3% property taxes that you're going to pay there so like your house hat like in order to break even you gotta have like a six percent increase in your house value over time like that's why like when we were all in school uh like they always say like houses are not good investments let me show you why like if you take your money and invest it in like etfs like over time like this is shown to be a better investment but at the end of the day you gotta go fucking live somewhere right like you have to uh and it's really just the biggest forced savings plan that you can have. Yeah, and I, well, I, I like the ideal situation. Going back to like the Timmins example, like the yeah. benefit with that is if you can buy your house for like you know one hundred and fifty thousand bucks, you know you probably pay it off and I don't know, call it like <laughs> seven to ten years type thing. Yeah, but then like like your dis like your disposable income is massive, huge, and huge. then you can start and then your cash flow you can start putting into like other investments like you know ETFs, stocks, and all that. Is that if you're at a point where your you you your house isn't an investment for you, it's just it's where you live type thing. It's like an operating cost for you. It's uh, and, and you're not treating it like you're trying to make money on it. Then like I think that can be super powerful because then you start to think more about uh, more lucrative investments. Like maybe you go buy a business or something like that, yeah. right? So huge benefit to to guys like that. Even though there's risk to it, right? That your house isn't going to be a store of value for you. But I mean, just reallocate your store of value to a different asset. That's a small, sorry, it's a small subset of people who actually want to be up in places like that though, right? So that's the thing too. So this isn't this isn't like an option that most people are going to want to take either. I so. don't know about that. I don't know about that. Like I, it really depends on what circles you're, you're talking to. Like if you're talking to like a service-based industry, uh, like more high tech, like, yeah, they don't want to live up north generally uh but if you're talking more trades people and things like that majority of them that i'm talking to like again very anecdotal uh, evidence or whatever they all want to go live sudbury and north of sudbury that's why i brought up the sudbury example because they're like i can sell my house here this little ship box and i could buy this kick-ass house on on a lake up in sudbury and i can go make the exact same amount of money that I do down here because I'm a skilled tradesperson. Like, yeah, I won't get as much overtime, but I can live perfectly fine on my actual just yearly income. And those are the people who are probably going to be just ditching and moving up that way. Like, I don't know if I was a tradesperson, I probably wouldn't be moving out to New Brunswick or things like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, moving up north, northern Ontario, 
there's always going to be jobs for those tradespeople. And if there's not, fuck it, just go work somewhere else. Man. Um, Sounds good. I think we've got some uh, some more stuff here to get to as well. I think we're uh, starting to beat a dead horse on this one a bit, boys. But uh, this is something that I actually, I linked into our little... uh, our chat here that we're always talking about, Hey, what should we talk about on the cast? And this was an interesting one was uh Pfizer exec sees opportunity uh, for a price increase with the annual booster now for, uh, for COVID. So this is, this is, you know, this is once again, kind of the other side of the coin that we all knew was eventually going to get talked about is uh, originally it was just get this vaccine out, you know, save everybody. This is great, you know, get back to normal. But now of course there's, there's definitely an opportunity to make some long-term uh, some cash here. So obviously there's this just, per, you know, proves that there's a, uh, definitely some um some reason why you you might see a a big push to really instill some long-term covid fear and variant fear and and uh you know hopefully they're going to do some research to actually prove that you know this is necessary but you know if they can sell in a booster shot whoo that's some some nice yearly revenue they didn't have before now of uh, this new booster they can sell in everybody at a high price once we're all back to normal right like right now i think they're being pretty generous is what i remember reading originally um, because they were trying to just obviously save the world and get back to fucking normal. Um, but you know, once we're back to normal and we're, you know, us all regular people go back to what we are, we normally do and stop paying. I don't give a fuck about Pfizer normally. Right. Uh, you know, then I'm sure they're going to start working, uh, some different pricing here. I think Bev just highlighted something that's uh, similar to what I was just saying, actually. So I, I just, I don't understand like how, like how the contracts and everything were set up, but I thought that, like Pfizer and these companies got government grants to make these vaccines. Like, here you go. Here's a few billion dollars. Go make this shit. And so that's why, like you just highlighted there, like the average cost right now is $19.50 per dose. Yeah, because the government financed the uh, the research part of it. And, nor- and then it says normally, uh, underneath is like, normally a dose is typically 150 to $175. Yeah, to recoup your three billion dollars that you spent developing it but if you have no developing development costs why the fuck are you charging 175 dollars on the back end there's nothing to recoup yeah and that's the thing like i don't know how like like you mentioned like i don't know how they they negotiated those deals i assume because the government did it they did a poor job and probably just ended up giving the money away to to pfizer but it was interesting like um because i've been following pfizer for for years and one of the um uh one of the interesting things that happened like after they announced that their uh, vaccine was approved uh their stock price which usually floats around like 33 to 37 dollars or so shot up to like 42 or 44 dollars or something like that um so anyway and, and it's just like that hype excitement you know people buying into it but when that happened like the ceo a whole bunch of insiders like a lot of people have owned the stock for years uh ended up selling off at that price and people were freaked out you know why is the ceo selling uh, and so somebody, I think it was CNBC, did an interview with them, and they asked, like, "Why'd you sell when it when the stock price hit forty four dollars?" He's like, "Oh, I know, I know what this company's worth, and uh, I know uh, uh, that was an irregularity, and it was a good chance for me to cash in on it." And as you can see, a lot of other people did as well. And they said, "Well, well, don't you care about uh, you know like all the cash flow off the vaccines? Like, there isn't that much cash flow from the vaccine. I mean, it's not when you look at the, the the what we're selling it for and that's that's why I highlighted this he's like they're selling it for like 20 bucks a dose 
whereas a lot of their other drugs that they have out there, even even though they don't sell as many, but they might sell for ten thousand dollars a dose, like forty thousand dollars a dose, right? So it's the the it it's not really a a, a winning um, formula for them, especially if they have to crank out millions and millions, or or in this case, billions of doses, like. It's just it, there's way too much overhead. There's way too much input. It's you can get way better margins if you deal with some of these higher cost drugs uh, and, and kind of stay with their traditional model. So, so I don't know. I mean, like this is going to piss off a lot of people because it's like you know, pharmaceutical company cranking up prices. Like think back to Pharma Bro a couple yeah. of years ago, right? It's going to be that type of feedback. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's it's remember what it is it's kind of going to be a one and done with maybe some top off on like a third yeah. a third wave or something like that right yeah but I, I just didn't get the whole booster thing like i don't know about you guys i've never got a flu shot in my life uh and do i now have to get the corona vaccine every single year now just forever that's just the thing that we that's- do that's what's strange, right? Is like I don't I don't see any precedent for this. Like it's other than you know we can capitalize on the, the fact that people are afraid of anything that is involving COVID, right? Uh, and oh, you better get your booster, right? Like and then people are gonna start asking, well, is the government gonna have boosters for us next year? Like I th- I think they're just kind of playing, and that's a, like I, as I said, I feel like they're just kind of playing up the fear card right now, right? Because we have this variant thing that everyone's all fucking worried about, and well, there's gonna be more variants in the future, bud. So you gotta get well, that obviously, booster. Obviously, that's what right? viruses like, do. They mutate. yeah, of course. Right. And that's yeah. anyone who's read anything, and I'm not a fucking doctor, neither are you, but I have eyes and I can read. Uh, <laughs> that's how it works, right? And that's normal. Um, so we'll see. Uh, as long as the research is there and it actually makes sense, then sure, whatever. But like. Uh, if it's, you know, if you're literally just doing it cause you're like, okay, time to really fucking cash in here. Then, then I think, you know, they got to take a look at this here. Like it's, it's crazy. You know, and there's going to be, I think like I said, there'll be pressure on government from now, you know, they've, they've hyped up all their, the masses now on these fucking vaccines and now they're going to be asking for them, right? Like it's going to, it's going to turn the other way. I feel like, and, and, you know, it's going to get very expensive very quickly. Yeah. Well, Bev, uh, can you pull up uh, Canada's vaccine? So Canada's vaccine is finally in the human trial stage uh, and it's plant based. Wow. Oh, our own vaccine. I thought you meant our actual how many we vaccinated because it's no, no, no. Like that's garbage. (laughs) It's horseshit. Do you know? Do you know who uh, who makes it? Nope. But I just read that they were starting the trial in Quebec. They were looking for volunteers for it. Um, oh, oh, this is smart. Yeah. This is smart. Okay, yeah. So, just a quick background. So, this has been huge. So, actually, there's a company um, in Ontario that was doing uh, tobacco-based therapeutics uh, a couple years ago, and they're still doing it. Mm. But you know, mixed success, and we probably leave it there. But there's <laughs> a lot of other companies out there that are doing this. Like, uh, like big tobacco is investing in in this, but it's it's basically using tobacco plants and specifically the leaves um uh, as like a uh, uh like a medium or like a petri dish type thing to to develop um uh very targeted therapeutic so it's super super smart super low cost because the way you used to do this is you would take mammal- uh, mammalian cells so it would be out of uh, uh pigs usually uh, in some cases i think it would actually be human cells hmm. um but this is like literally a tenth of the cost and it's way more flexible so this is yeah this is smart if this is going to actually get pushed through because this could be uh this could be pretty significant 
so it is something real like i i, I was just i saw the like headline clip I'm like oh i wonder if this is real I'm like the vegans are gonna love this shit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, that makes uh that makes a lot oh, more sense yeah. so who knows there it is right there yeah there it is right there but uh philip morris is yep. uh is playing in this space uh, and a lot if you go if you check any of the big tobacco they're they're touching the space uh with tobacco plants one way or another well that changes the game a little bit because knowing that there's actually billions of dollars behind this or potentially for billions of dollars behind this oh yeah well when you think of like the tobacco like because less less people are smoking right and yeah. so for a while like their saving grace would be uh and, and like a lot of the other products they do like uh they have things like like snooze so i don't know if you've ever seen that mm -hmm. and like some of the other you know like chewing tobacco type stuff like nobody's buying any of that anymore and so for a while vaping was like a potentially a source for them but now everything's all this these reports coming out saying vaping is just as bad for your lungs and you know it's all these other adverse uh, effects so now they're looking like where do we go from there and the big push has been in um, uh, pharmaceuticals and nutraceuticals so that's where they're starting to put all their investment they're starting to buy companies that are in that space and they're trying to make it more like kind of tag up with the marijuana and the psychedelic mushrooms and all that and kind of start to play more as like a pharmaceutical company rather than a tobacco company <laughs> hey, kind of ironic whatever gets this shit over with quicker is my is my take on that like if we can get something that's canadian made that we can get our hands on a lot faster then that'd be great because right now if you look at the fucking u.s versus us you know i obviously they have way more people but you look at the actual percentage of population vaccinated it's it's a fucking joke well well the article headline headline today and like we're gonna pump this uh podcast out as soon as possible but headline today was the u.s just uh, surpassed canada's entire population on people who got both doses of their vaccination so both they're already i think at like both. 100 million for at least one <laughs> yeah both dosages and so like it's whatever 30 or 45 days passed and, and like that's it's a lot of a lot of people like you got to give it to them like yes they did spend the money they did like make it happen they also stopped any shipment of any vaccine out of the united states period i'm not even mad about it <laughs> you know like not even mad about it like yeah that makes sense they paid for it they made it happen they get it first everybody else go fuck yourselves like yeah, but... yeah that's that's fair <laughs> the yeah. that out fuck yeah <laughs> um yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's the reality is, right? Like, it's just, it's, it's eater be eaten out there and they're the bigger, uh, the bigger animal. So they're in line first and we're going to have to wait to, for the scraps there, folks. Uh, the good thing for us is that we're a first world country and we're attached to them. So, uh, mm -hmm. we shouldn't be far behind, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we'll be back to normal, you know, uh, and we'll still be hearing these reports of like countries, you know, third world countries, stuff like that. Like, you know, oh, they're finally getting their vaccine. Like, a fucking year and more from now you know which is which is crazy but some of those smaller countries too i think united arab, arab emirates wow it's really fucking hard to say um was on that that map there and they were at like 69 percent of people already have it there yeah so and there's some money there too right like money talks i think is what it really comes down to as far as this vaccine yep yeah 100 percent. like companies like i know it's a little hard on pfizer there but companies are there to make money they're not there to uh, for the good of the people even though their marketing department might lead you to believe that they are but they they have one goal make as much money as they fucking possibly can and if you think that 
Like, I know Amazon, like, uh, famously says that uh, whenever they create a new product line, they don't expect to make any money for at least seven years, which is true. They reinvest in it. But at the end of the day, they want to make as much fucking money as they humanly possibly can by eliminating all all competition. Like, you don't think that Wayfair is putting small furniture stores out of business of course they are they're trying to do exactly that you think that wayfair is going to stay as cheap as they are 10 years from now not a fucking chance not a chance but that's that's business baby <laughs> that's right well <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of business baby oh what have yeah. we got here if you want to support support small business then uh, qualitypiles.com is the place to go uh, oh check out check out these things Ooh, ooh. Well, at the time of this recording, we don't have any new T-shirts, but uh, I think in the next, I think in the next day or two, we might have a, a new uh, logo, baby. Maybe, maybe, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's some quality piles in there already. I mean, we got to give people time to get them all, right? So these are, these are still up for a limited time here. You know, everything you're seeing. Uh, we don't know uh, when that when that time will begin or when it'll end, but uh, you never know. Well, don't already, miss well, you it. Don't you don't get all the. Uh, well, you don't know. <laughs> Could release a new color of the same the same design, folks. So you know, might as well buy. If you see a color you don't have, you just buy it, and then uh, you know, come back next week and get a different color. And imagine a whole wardrobe of, of like a a Batman closet of, of quality pile shirts. That'd be pretty sweet. Different different shirt every day, same pile. I love it. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to be a part of the cast or uh, have any ideas for us, just uh, hit us up on that contact line right at the bottom of our website. Uh, we'd be happy to uh, take it under consideration. Uh, let's leave it at that. Uh, uh, anyways, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again soon.